behind every lie is the liar. Next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? We're going to put a link on the screen, and according to the information in that website, there have been dozens and dozens of breakoffs from the yeah. original Joseph Smith Organized Mormon Church, and we've yeah. talked about this before. Yeah. We're going to take a little different divergent path from that, from what we've talked about in the past. And despite the denial of the LDS Church that those breakoffs are true Mormonism, each group holds to Joseph Smith as a prophet. And, of course, it was Joseph Smith who invented Mormonism, yeah, right? For sure. And, of course, new breakoffs continue all the time. They take place, and, and often a new group is formed when a polygamist thinks that he's heard from God and he needs to form a new group. Or uh, the LDS Church has to communicate somebody who discovered a teaching um, and and talk about it. And yeah, so they'll they excommunicate like them. Huh? So a new group can be formed that way as well. But keep in mind this quote that Earl is going to read. Uh, 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 keep that in mind as he reads this quote that Joseph Smith said. Yeah, from the josephsmithpapers.org, it says, If God had a church, it would not be split up into factions, and that if he taught one society to worship one way and administer in one set of ordinances, he would not teach another principles that were diametrically opposed. Joseph Smith, Jr., Times and Seasons, March 1st, 1842. Okay, now that was from Joseph Smith himself. Right. Now this is a two-part series in which we're going to apply this quote by Joseph Smith to the history of Mormonism's many factions, many breakoffs, and we're also going to compare their claims with their history of lying in order to keep God's current kingdom on earth safe. And as always, we bring biblical truths to bear uh, to weigh in on their claims. We also want to present another recent example of lies and liars and God's warning that liars will be found out. The Kingston group again, and as always, hides behind its lies and expects their members to lie about their activities. So first a quote from the truth of biblical wisdom. Yes, from Hebrews chapter 12, 26 through 29. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he is promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire." So notice he said, God's true kingdom cannot be shaken, yeah. and that everything that can be shaken eventually will be, will be removed. removed yeah. Obviously, the LDS Church and all its little breakoffs are shakable, <laughs> proving by their unending efforts of lying to keep secret their history, their doctrines, activities, and behaviors, and polygamy. Now, remember that Joseph Smith's prophetic word was that God's true church will not be factioned, yet it has been, and all their factions are held together by lies to keep them safe, to keep them from being shaken. So, how can it be a true church? 
Now, there's a book entitled Divergent Paths of the Restoration, written by Stephen L. Shields in 1990, and in it, he lists 232 separate Mormon factions. 232. <laughs> and that was the 30 that years ago. Yeah. yeah. And and there have been many more breakoffs since that book was written. Obviously, the Mormon Church, according to Joseph Smith himself, cannot be the true church. First, we're going to look at the latest news about one of those factions, the Kingston Polygamy Group. They have been exposed many, many times for their lies and their deceit, their abuses, questionable practices and religious practices, business practices as well. And every time an illegal activity is exposed, they lie about it. But where in the Bible does God tell us to lie so as not to be exposing illegal activities or so we won't be shaken? This is the latest of the Kingston's deceit. Mm -hmm. For nearly a year and a half, Vanguard Academy in West Valley City has been responding to concerns about its ties to the polygamist Kingston Group, also known as the Davis County Cooperative Society or the Order. The question started with a Fox 13 investigation in December 2020, which revealed a lack of diversity in hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars spent on Kingston-affiliated businesses. It has been difficult for the Utah State Charter School Board to ascertain who is related to whom within the Kingston family. Director Suzanne Owen previously denied knowledge or involvement with the Kingston Group's religion. Are you familiar with the Latter-day Church of Christ, asked Fox 13 investigative reporter Adam Herbert, Herberts. I've heard of them, Owen responded, but you're not familiar with it, Herberts asked. No, Owen said. Well, like I say, this is a public charter school. Multiple past and present members of the group confirmed Owen is one of the spiritual wives to Hiram Kingston, the brother of the prophet. Okay, so <laughs> so when you look at her interview, you don't get the true picture. She's not answering truthfully at all. The no. woman lied to the reporter, <laughs> and it was televised all over the state of Utah and actually all over the world. She is a plural wife and has been for years of one of the Kingston boys. And she lied to protect what they call the kingdom of God. But if it was God's true church, it couldn't be shaken by telling the truth. That's true. Evidently, the Academy has now placed two board members who they say are not part of the polygamy group uh, after this investigation. Uh, they have put them on their board um, so that decisions will be made more wisely as they spend the taxpayers' money. <laughs> but as someone said, all they need to do is put a, other group members on there with different last names. Which is easy to do. And, and very easy <laughs> to do. And everything will remain the same. But here's another comment, which sadly is very close to the truth of the matter. An anonymous statement. It says, Utah investigator, investigators are as dumb as they come. Huge tax dollars going out to board members, teachers, students, and the catering money to feed them all. Yet they can't find a crime. <laughs> they can't find a crime. That's right. And of course, they're soft. The Utah has always been soft on so, the illegal activities yeah. of the polygamy group members. And the taxpayer money pays for it. You and I pay yeah. for that. The kingdom of God, which they claim to be, is not built on lies or liars. Behind every lie is the liar, and no lie comes from the truth. 
The problem here is the Kingston polygamy group, just like all Mormon fundamentalists, are racist. The Kingston polygamists own and operate the Vanguard Academy, a charter school that takes millions of taxpayer dollars every year, yet they do not follow the Utah state standards of operation that every other charter school is obligated to follow. Students of polygamy group members have priority, of course, of course. in their admission policy, and the integration of diverse ethnic students was next to nothing. And they lied about the reasons why and about how taxpayer money was spent. Polygamy is illegal in the state of Utah and is forbidden forever by the Utah State Constitution, yet a plural wife is in charge of a taxpayer-funded polygamy group-operated charter school. Why is she still there? Why are they allowing this? She's a lawbreaker, and she lied about it. It's recorded. We've done many segments in the past about Mormonism's unwritten policy yeah. of lying for the Lord. And from its very beginning, Joseph Smith's church has been involved with the deep secrecy, deceit, lying, violence, racism, various kinds of adulteries practiced behind the scenes of their assumed holiness and sanctity. But the book of <laughs> Hebrews in the Bible tells us that God's kingdom cannot be shaken. And if Mormonism must rely on telling lies to protect the religion and the members... They are not God's kingdom because God doesn't need liars to keep his kingdom from being shaken. And we've noted many times in the past, Jesus said a bad root cannot produce good fruit. And the context of his statement was the behavior of humans and their religious institutions. All of Mormonism's various breakoffs revere the one person, Joseph Smith, yeah. who started the entire Mormon religious movement. And he told this story about <clears throat> how Mormonism came to be. Yes, also from the Joseph Smith Papers, I saw two glorious personages who exactly resembled each other in features and likeness, surrounded with a brilliant light which eclipsed the sun at noonday. They told me that all religious denominations were believing in incorrect doctrines and that none of them was acknowledged of God as his church and kingdom, and I was expressly commanded to go not after them, at the same time receiving a promise that the fullness of the gospel should at some future time be made known unto me. Joseph Smith, Jr., Times and Seasons, again, 1842. So, so Joseph Smith claimed himself. Yes, that he would that, be the... That God told him not to go after other religions around them, yeah. okay? Yeah. Yet a few years later, Joseph Smith joined the Methodist Church. And eventually they asked him to leave because he refused to give up his necromancy and his money digging, which was opposed to biblical teaching. Yeah. A bad root can't produce good fruit. That is a surprising thing it is. on his part. Oh, it's, his it's so much. to join the Methodist Church. Yeah, yeah. he actually did. Yeah. And he Just actually a few years it. after, he supposedly was told not to join them yeah. from God. Yeah, yeah. God himself. Yeah. Now he, and, then, and that's a good question. If, if he saw, if you or we saw God's face in person, which is impossible to do, but yeah. even if we did and he gave us a direct command, we dare to turn around and disobey it. No. Now, he claimed he had that vision, but we know that he 
you know, there are many versions right. of that one vision. Uh, and we, so that we, it's very suspect whether he had a vision at all, and if he did, which one it was, uh, because most of them are contradictory with each other. Now, a former LDS bishop who for 27 years worked for the LDS Church Education System, or the CES, has made a list of some of the deceit of the leaders of the Mormon religion. And you can find the article and the list at the link on the screen. It's on mormonthink.com. Now, he said this, and we're going to take some of what he said as we finish our discussion on this. He said the, this about what he had learned through the years of his service and work with the LDS Church itself. <laughs> My belief was that those who accused church leaders with deception were deceivers themselves. But as I read more church history, my list leaders' prevarications grew. And at some point, it occurred to me <laughs> gee, that Joseph Smith established a pattern of institutionalized deception. Hmm. Evidence presented in this list establishes that when the church or its leaders needed protection, it was as is okay to fib, deceive, distort, inflate, minimize, exaggerate, prevaricate, or lie. You'll read quotations by church leaders who admitted that deception is a useful tool to protect the church and its leaders when they are in a tight spot or to beat the devil at his own game. Hmm. They admit engaging in moral gymnastics, that God approves of deception if it's done to protect the Lord's church or the brethren. So there you have it. There yeah. you go. And I, I chuckle to myself with this because this is what... I mean, I was so naive through all this, and then when I started learning some of this church history, I can't imagine somebody spending, what was it, 20, th 27 years working yeah. for the church education system and being exposed to this, and you, and you keep buying the story yeah. mm -hmm. with all of its problems, mm -hmm. anyway. It's the same thing with people in polygamy groups, same, yeah. same thing. You keep buying into their story, even though there's it's, little... It's like they're learning in compartmental, yeah, compartments, exactly. you know, and they're never putting the whole compartment exactly. together. Exactly. I call it connecting the dots. They yeah. don't ever connect That's the dots. Good, good but compa compartmentalizing is exactly yeah. true. Now, many honest Mormon historians have discovered the inherent deceit uh, since the inception of the Mormon religion, and many of them have been excommunicated yes, as a result. Have, yeah. Now, keep in mind the passage in the Bible that we've quoted that God's kingdom cannot be shaken. God doesn't need lies to keep his kingdom from failing. This CES director, former CES director, made a, the list of the 22 prevarications by church leaders. And this includes the leaders of today, as well as early Mormon polygamous leaders, men who are held up as being high and holy and righteous, revered, all of them claiming God said something that he really didn't say, including a commandment to take multiple wives. Hmm. Now, po uh, points number one and two on his list are connected in that Joseph Smith's first vision has too many different versions, and no one can know which is supposed to be the genuine version. We know which one they use, but there's so yeah. many, which one can be the genuine one? Uh, one of the alleged mouthpieces of God, <laughs> Gordon Hinckley, said this. If the first vision did not occur, then we are involved in a great sham. It is just that simple. And it is that simple. It really is. It, it is, and the account of the first vision is very suspect. There are several reasons why it should be discarded. Well, one is Joseph Smith could not have seen God the Father and Jesus Christ without the priesthood authority. 
Joseph Smith could not have actually received the priesthood authority according to Mormon resources. Joseph Smith's testimony is a fulfillment of Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, and Galatians 1, 6 through 9, and Joseph Smith did not see the Father according to Doctrine and Covenants, section 84. So according to Mormonism itself, yeah. he couldn't have had the vision. <laughs> right. First, Joseph Smith could not have seen God the Father and Jesus Christ together because God the Father is unseeable. He is invisible. The Bible tells us that it is Jesus, of course, who is God, that makes the invisible God the Father seeable. Second Timothy 6.16 tells us that no man has ever seen God nor can see him. Second, Smith had said that without priesthood authority, he couldn't have seen God anyway. That's right. And third, Joseph Smith's testimony proclaims a different Jesus and a different gospel than the Bible has declared. So either Joseph Smith is the liar or Jesus Christ is. But Jesus is the truth and all men are liars. And Galatian explains that every other gospel or any other gospel brought by any other person both are condemned. Fourth, Mormon, Mormonism's own scripture proclaims that Smith could not have seen God. We quote. Yeah, I read this so many times and I, I can't believe it never hit me in the face. But <laughs> Doctrine and Covenants section 84 verses 20 through 22. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest. And without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. For without this, no man can see the face of God, even the Father, and live. There you have it. <laughs> right there in their Doctrine and Covenants. It's a miracle. Which to them is scripture, right? <laughs> yeah. Joseph Smith himself wrote that no man can see God and live if he doesn't have the priesthood and its ordinances. And Joseph Smith failed both requirements. According to Mormon history... Joseph Smith's own testimony, the priesthood authority was not conferred upon him until 1829, which was nine years after his alleged vision. And because Joseph Smith claimed to be from the lineage of Ephraim, he was ineligible to hold Mormon priesthood. We quote, According to the Bible and Mormon scholarship, Ephraim was born of an Egyptian woman named Azanath, who was from the lineage of Ham. According to Mormon scripture, the book of Abraham, chapter 1, 20 through 27 in the Pearl of Great Price, anyone who was from the lineage of Ham, Egyptians, was cursed as to not being able to have the priesthood authority. The Book of Mormon, again 1, 20 through 27, declares that all those who were in the lineage of Cain could not have the priesthood and spoke of those who were cursed through the lineage of Ham and his wife, Egyptus. Those who could not hold the priesthood are Negroes, Egyptians, Ethiopians, and all those who were from the lineage of Ham and Egyptus. Okay, there so you there, there you have it. <laughs> By his own doctrine, he eliminated himself from Mormon priesthood authority and from the possibility of yeah. seeing God. That covers the first two points from the list of prevarications by Mormon <laughs> leadership. Now, the third point is something that I didn't find out until after I began doing my own investigations of Mormonism's claims, which is that the history of the church was not written exclusively by Joseph Smith, yet they permitted the people, both LDS members and polygamists, to believe that it was written by him. And Joseph Smith, that Joseph Smith started it 
Uh, actually, he did, but but he was killed before it was finished. Sixty percent of the history of the LDS Church was written after Joseph Smith was dead. Yet they would like you to believe otherwise. They would. And from MormonThink.com, it says the church consciously let members believe that the official history was written by Joseph Smith. Brigham Young University Studies, summer of 1971. Uh, you can read the pages there. In the middle of the 20th century, after the deception was pointed out by critics, the church admitted it. <laughs> they admit it, but they don't advertise it. They don't, no. you know, make it very well known, just like no. their essays. No. Um, so we asked the question, why weren't they, why aren't they completely honest with their own history? If they're the true church, they should be nothing but honest. How can someone or an organization be trusted after they've been caught in so many lies? Number four on his list is the hoax of the Kinderhook plates. And we did a program yeah, together on that particular hoax yeah. several years ago. The yeah. link is on the screen to the program that we did in 2013 at show number 6.22, whatloveisthis.tv. And it, we did it in June 2013, and there's lots of good information that we discussed there. So yeah. you can watch that to, to get that information. But to sum up the hoax, Joseph Smith was tricked by pranksters with some fake metal plates, but when they were presented to him, he said they were authentic Egyptian plates, and then he came up with a false translation of what was written on them. Later, it was discovered to be a hoax, which revealed Joseph Smith as a complete fraud. And not to sound so knowledgeable, but I was just studying that this morning, as oh, a matter really? of fact. Uh, there is an Ensign article in August of 1981 where the church admits that after a test that was done on the last original plate, or uh -huh. at least one that they tested, that it was determined to be a hoax. <laughs> so yeah. they actually have done a study. They took and it found out that it uh, wasn't, no, wasn't ancient at all. At it all. Was, and yet Joseph Smith claimed it was. Yeah. Claimed God gave him the power to translate what was on the Well, and plates. originally he just said this is this is not uh, is not uh, is, he said it was a, a history of the fellow that it was buried with uh, from that lineage mm -hmm. of Ham. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So <laughs> anyway, it's, interesting. It is interesting, <laughs> and and it does uh, completely eliminate him as being a true prophet. Well, again, if you put it together with anything else, you just have with to start wondering. <laughs> yeah, yeah would, if there's so many, so much of it. Yeah. Okay, so point number five on his list. Yeah, the, fam the famous Rocky Mountain prophecy, the prediction that Salt Lake would be the place the saints would settle after leaving Nauvoo, Illinois, was a later addition to the official church history and not predicted by Joseph Smith. Despite the fact it is not true, the church presented it as such, for more than a century, the Rocky Mountain prophecy was added after the Mormons arrived in Utah. And this is from The Changing World of Mormonism, page 406. Now, isn't that interesting? <laughs> and I don't know how many LDS or, or polygamous people would realize that, but they hang on to so many prophecies they think came true, when if you dig into it, there yeah. was, he, well, this was he Zion. too many false prophecies. This was prophecies. Zion until we get to Missouri. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Zion keeps changing, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Bible says Zion can't be moved. Yeah. Now, much of their deceit is concocted for the purpose of faith building 
confirming and, and constructing members' testimonies. So that when they're faced with the truth about Joseph Smith and their fraudulent beginnings, members will have been brainwashed enough to rely upon what they've been taught is true rather than investigating the truth for themselves. And that's how they get by with it. Yeah. And this is true in today's polygamy groups as much as it is in the LDS church itself. It's propaganda designed to deceive. Number six on his list concerns the change of the name of the angel who visited Joseph Smith in his bedroom. In the history, as it was first published by Joseph Smith, we learn that the angel's name was Nephi. He called me by name and said that his name was Nephi. That's from the Times and Seasons, Volume 3, page 753. In modern printings of the history of the church, the name was changed to Moroni. In so the history why? of the church, Volume 1. So why was the name changed? Have they given a, a good confusion reason there. <laughs> now, the article notes Joseph Smith lived for two years after the original publication where the angel's name is Nephi, and he never made any changes or said it was an error. Hmm. It was after his death that the name was changed to Moroni. One person claimed it was Orson Pratt who changed the name in 1878. But why ever, or whomever, or why do they have to lie about so many things? That's so insignificant. It has nothing to do with salvation anyway. No. So why do they do it? Yeah, uh, can't they just, yeah. And so should the angel on the top of the Mormon temples be Moroni or Nephi? Good question. Which is it? Number seven is very important. Actually, these are all very important because the behind the lie is the liar. And all on this list are lies that Mormonism has been caught in. But we quote this one we think is very important from the article. Official Mormon histories have omitted references to Joseph Smith's drinking and use of tobacco to create a more favorable impression of their prophet who, if living today, would be unable to pass a worthiness interview and earn a temple recommend in the church he founded. Again, from Changing World of Mormonism. A mass alignment of the first presidency related. Joseph Smith tried the faith of the saints many times by his peculiarities. At one time, he had preached a powerful sermon on the word of wisdom, and immediately thereafter, he rode through the streets of Nauvoo smoking a cigar. <laughs> there Joseph, you go. Says Joseph Smith is an administrator from a master's thesis at BYU. Okay, so this, this information is there, but, yeah. but they hang on to the word of wisdom, and yet Joseph Smith himself didn't. Now, official Mormon accounts do not relate the truth of Smith's use of tobacco and alcoholic no. drink. Plus, he also drank coffee and tea. We find that in other account, early accounts. Both LDS and most polygamy groups reverence Joseph Smith for his word of, of wisdom revelation. Of course, yeah. it's really not wisdom, but uh, they honor it despite the fact that it goes against New Testament teaching by Jesus. Yeah. And despite the fact that early Mormon members for years, even after they got to Utah, continued to drink coffee and tea. And Brigham Young told the Utah Mormon men to start growing their own tobacco instead of buying it from the Gentiles. Wow. And Brigham Young himself owned his own winery. Didn't the pioneers, weren't they given a, a parcel of coffee on their trip here? To a list of what they had to have in their, included in, coffee, and it included right? 50 pounds of coffee. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> times have changed. <laughs> times, yeah. We're out of time talking about this. There's more to go, and we'll talk about that in part two as we discuss the prevarications by Mormon leaders. Interesting, coming yes, from that very same religion we're talking about that, <laughs> that we find out that it was all based on fraud. Thanks, yeah, thanks, yeah, Earl. Unfortunately. You know, after reading the accurate history of Joseph Smith, Mormonism, and polygamy, it's no wonder that the Kingston Polygamy Group and other polygamists hide behind lies to protect their illegal activities. That's how Mormonism began, hiding behind deceit, and they still do. We were taught as children growing up what lies to tell and why we had to tell them that God's kingdom would fail if the truth were known. We didn't know the Bible. We didn't know that God's kingdom will never be shaken, and we didn't have to lie to protect it. We didn't know that First John tells us that no lie comes through the truth. Yet those who tell lies claim they have God's truth exclusively. It's easy to detect the lie when you know the truth. Check out your Bible. It may surprise you what God has really said. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.